This sit down is a celebration of Michelle Gondry and team's 2004 Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, wanted to take a few minutes to dive into this one. Um, it's one of those movies that uh, I think is a celebration for all of humanity. The fact that this was pulled off by anybody. Um, it is our team victory and um, whether it's the evolution of storytelling or filmmaking or art or whatever, I think this is a um, pretty mind-blowing production. So definitely one of my favorite uh, films of all time. Uh, whether or not you like it or love it is your call, but a few things I wanted to point out here. Um, diving into story structure, um, diving into the core question of the movie and some of the main uh, motifs in the movie. Uh, things to look out for just from the start. Uh, the colors, blue and orange, are huge in this one. You can see it from the little birdies that uh, Jim Carrey's character is looking up at and in the opening of the film and from there on out, whether it's the uh, doctor's tie or uh, hoodies or hair color or whatever it is. So uh, look for that, whether it is a technical tool for storytelling or whether it is a more of a creative tool uh, for storytelling. Uh, another thing to think about is repeated dialogue. Not that this is a, um, it's not like Toy Story where we're talking about flying and falling with style, but just the word nice is pretty key um, uh, as a dialogue piece. Plant and pay off. Later on in the film, we see a character kind of push somebody over the edge by using that word. So those two things, blue and orange, the word nice. Uh, Huckleberry Hound is another thing. Probably my favorite part of this entire film, or maybe one of my favorite three moments, is the reveal, the payoff of uh, Jim Carrey's character mentioning that Huckleberry Hound was one of his favorite things in his childhood. That's a big deal in terms of answering the main story question for us. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Jewelry that she receives. No one's ever bought me, uh, no one I've ever been with or something like that has ever bought me a piece of jewelry that I liked. That's a big deal. The use of blur and focus or lack of focus, uh, that's a big deal. And in a similar fashion, uh, technical fashion, audio sync or messing up the audio sync between dialogue and people's lips and all that. That's another huge tool here. So as far as story structure here, um, we kind of start off in, with that core question. Uh, is it better to have love lost or no love at all? Should I erase my memory if I have a breakup with somebody that's bad? You can see it break into a three-act structure pretty cleanly based on that main core question. Uh, we open up with waking up, Joel waking up. Uh, we seemingly meet our other co-lead, Clementine. We go to the frozen Charles, the ice lake, and have a moment together. And that's kind of our opening sequence. We then jump to the van in the apartment and the procedure. And we start unraveling um, our discovery of what has happened. So it's a nonlinear jump there in a sense on story. You start realizing there's something going on here in the A to B to C to D storytelling that is not just linear. So we find out what lacuna is. We find out what's happened, that we've been erased. 
in our ex-girlfriend's mind. And we decide around 25% of the way in um, to get the procedure done to ourselves and to erase her back, to erase her also. So the character takes on this core question of maybe it's better to not have loved at all than to have this memory of this love and this loss. That's around 30 minutes. This movie around 108 minutes, midpoint around 54 minutes. 25% of the way through would be around 27 minutes. So it's a pretty clean break. Obviously, um, you got to talk to the filmmakers if you want the full 100%. Act two jumps off. We go into our memories. We go into the apartment. We go into the process of being erased. We see a lot of uh, bad interactions with Clementine. We get to know our medical team a little bit more, the people that are going to be pulling this procedure off um, for us or with us or um, doing it to us. Even though we see a bunch of bad memories and we see how this relationship fell apart, we also catch two key moments that line up together. This is that mention of jewelry. I've never been with anybody. I've never dated anybody or had a boyfriend that bought me a piece of jewelry I liked right up until the moment under the sheets with the two of them where they talk about being pretty and she's sharing a vulnerable moment uh, and, and there is a core, true love there, connection, something beautiful. That's when we get this midpoint reversal. That's when we get Joel saying, I don't want this anymore, call it off. And that is basically exactly halfway through the movie, 55 minutes around 54 minute midpoint. I don't want this anymore, call it off. So we start act two with, I think I might want this, I'm gonna try it. We hit the middle of act two in the middle of the film, the T-Rex eats somebody moment the show up at Sid's house and Toy Story moment, and we decide this is not good, this is not what we want, I want to call it off. So the second half, the second half of Act 2, we have a new goal, we're running, we're hiding. Along with this, we see a B story rise up, um, something, I mean, we've been running into it since the beginning, but it takes more center stage. Dr. Mearswiak, or whatever his name is, and Mary... As we're walking through the bookstore with Clementine, as we're running and trying to hide as they're erasing our memories, we're seeing the B story of the doctor and Mary, and we realize that they've had a relationship, and we see what happens to her when she finds this out, that she's been erased, or that her memory has been erased. It's a little bit of a hint, it's a little bit of an answer to that core question, is it better to erase it or to keep it. And we see for her that it seems like it didn't go well. It's also a great little moment, a great little twist. To me, that B story is kind of what, along with the bookstore erasing conversation, that's kind of what launches us into act three. And this is where the story structure is maybe a little less clear, but maybe not. It might, I mean, here we go, opinion there. So the doctor and Mary in the bookstore and Mary going and getting her files, kind of us wrapping up that chapter of the B story, launches us into Act 3. And when we would maybe normally be seeing a showdown and a victory, 
we see our characters on the beach. We have Joel reveal that one of one of his favorite things as a child was Huckleberry Hound, which tells us that not only did he erase their relationship, but he had to erase some of his favorite parts of his youth. And to me, that is a huge answer to our question, that this is not worth it, this is, that this is not what they want. It's a great moment. Also there, what do we do? We enjoy it. Um, we don't have too many movies that give us the opportunity to have scenes like this where characters are almost out of body and analyzing life and um, yeah, having that chance to say all we can do is just enjoy it. And then around 92 minutes, we're erased. So as that first sequence to me wraps up, you hear the beep of the computer and we're erased. And this is where the, the true, I mean, the final part, obviously, of that uh, messing with the narrative uh, narration in terms of linear narration, um, That's where this is where it finally comes through. And we receive our tape after we've supposedly met each other for the first time. And we think Clementine's messing with us. Basically, it starts to destroy this thing that we just rebuilt. The audience now knows that these guys have met each other after erasing each other and have started a new relationship even after the procedures. And now this tape's coming to them from Mary. So the B story, the ramifications the cause and effect of that is her taking everybody's files and tapes and sending them out. And as we receive that tape, it seems to kind of sever our attempt to reconnect. We go back to each other's places and we have that killer moment in the hallway where there's a million different references or redrawings or fan art of is them kind of leaning into each other in the hallway and saying, okay, which is maybe the answer, again, a clear final answer to that question, is it better to have love and lose it or to never have loved at all? Should we erase these things? And it seems like they know they've had some good times and some bad times and have chosen to erase each other in the past, but here they are, and all they know is that they want to be together. Okay. Okay. Anyway, good ending that um, kind of gives us something to so something solid to stand on, but also I think the simplicity of that dialogue is great. Um, very simple. I think that works there. So, those are some those are some things. Blue and orange, nice. Huckleberry Hound, jewelry, blur and focus, audio sync, and then this core story question of love lost or no love at all. Um, yeah, Act 1 wraps and launches into Act 2 pretty clean, as does the midpoint. Act 3 is a little bit looser, maybe, but I think, honestly, that's just because it's a, it's a B story that's helping us lock that in. So it's maybe not as evident. But this film is a crusher. I'm so thankful that I ran into it and ran into it again and ran into it again, and I would definitely recommend a rewatch on it. Um, Charlie Kaufman is a phenomenal screenwriter, and if you haven't seen Adaptation, I would suggest that also. Michelle Gondry is a phenomenal filmmaker. And, you know, whether it's music videos or feature films, 
yeah, this guy's a crusher. So anyway, a celebration of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. There you go.